Today's a special day. And I doubt if any of you know why, except Paul Catterall. And he's the reason he, he's the one who told me. Today is Jubilee's 15th birthday. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. 15 years ago today, Jubilee Church Teesside began. Isn't that amazing? Look what God's done and continues to do. And I'm thrilled with that. To me, it's, it, you know, things can start and, and then frizzle away. It's what's there in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that demonstrates the value and the true fruit of it. And so I praise God for that. Would you like to turn to Mark chapter 1, uh, please? It'll be on the screen, uh, verses 35 to 45, and I am actually reading from the ESV, the English Standard v- Version. Um, uh, whatever you read it in, it'll you'll be able to follow it all right. Mark chapter 1, 35 to 45. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a solitary place where he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And the leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. He was made clean, and Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Today... I, I want to talk about vision. I could have uh, spent weeks telling you you've got to be here today because it's Vision Sunday. It is Vision Sunday. But I, I feel vision is not just the occasional Sunday. Vision is what we're about. So I, I didn't publicize it in that sense. But today is a special day. I'm talking about vision, and we're going to break bread together at the end of this. And it's about particularly the vision for Jubilee Church. Last Sunday, Sarus shared wonderfully with us from verses 24 of this chapter that we're reading, Mark chapter 1. We saw there how Jesus entered Capernaum and caused quite a stir, entering the synagogue, teaching with authority, going to Simon and Andrew's house, healing Simon's mother-in-law, setting people free from demonic influence, and by the evening, healing many of the town who were sick. And so we get to the verses I've just read. I'm not going to unpack them, unpack them in detail this morning. Rather, I want us to look at just one thing that Jesus said and apply it uh, to Jubilee. Of course, in these verses, which we've looked at, and you, I'd encourage you to keep reading through Mark, we see Jesus continuing to demonstrate the kingdom of God everywhere he went by healing this man of leprosy. He went preaching everywhere and, and so on. But it's verses 35 to 39 I particularly want to draw your attention to. And I, I'm just going to read them to you again because there's just a, a few points to pull out from here. And rising very early in the morning. 
while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, casting out demons. The people were looking for Jesus because they wanted him to stay. It had been a great day, the day before. He taught them. They loved his presence. People were being healed, set free. Wow, let's, let's, let's do it again. Don't you like to repeat things that were good? Oh, wasn't that a good day? Let's do it again. Funny, I've, I've often tried that. Funny, it's never quite the same second time around. Have you noticed? Like, it was that initial something that was wonderful. Well, we're like that. We, we'd be just the same as everybody. We, we want Jesus to stay. We want another day like that. Jesus says, nah, don't think so. Let's go on to the next town. That I may preach there also. Because that's what I came for. I have a number of headings this morning rather than points. I, you'll see what I mean as I go through. But my first heading is this, Settlers or Pioneers. Even today, we, the Church of Christ, love, love to stay in times of blessing. To settle when church gets to a place where we like it a certain way. We live in a consumer-driven society, so people go from church to church looking for the one that meets my need, and then they settle into it and say, this is the way I like it. And then when it changes, it doesn't meet my need anymore, they go to another one. They, 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 they want it to meet their need because that's where they're comfortable because we like it like this. We're consumerists. We live in a consumeristic society. We, we're, it's it's, it's consumer-driven. It's I want it this way. Jesus never said do church like that. The church so easily become settlers when Jesus all the time is calling us to follow him as pioneers. He wants us to be a, a moving on, a pressing on people. Change is here to stay is the order of the day. If you look at church history, church growth, in the history of Christian denominations, we find as long as people kept on the front, front foot with God, things kept growing and multiplying and developing. But it seems so often that the desire, the desire to settle won the day. The desire to hold on to what you have wins the day. I speak from experience with that because I was saved in the Salvation Army, my parents' Salvation Army officers, as most of you know. And in, I know where I'm being critical of the Salvation Army. Salvation Army started in about 1865 as the Christian mission in London. It was a cutting-edge, pioneering movement, full of the spirit, seeing people saved, rescuing the nation, taking on all sorts of things, very militantly, moving on in the purposes of God, moving on in the purposes of God. But eventually, we be they began to have their own identity. We like it like this. They even wore a uniform, particularly worked in that culture. People would wear their Salvation Army uniform to go to, to work. Okay, because they say, I'm identified as a Christ follower. And it, it was very effective and it worked very, very well. But 50 years on, William Booth was getting old and the whole transition to the next generation and the next generation, people started, rather than hearing God and looking forward, started saying, how do we maintain who we are? 
How do we maintain our distinctives? Because look at who we are now. We're a Salvation Army. Now, I'm not despising that. Has God given up on the Salvation Army? Absolutely not. But if you look at the history of denominations, denominations started as cutting-edge movements in God. And eventually, eventually, the desire to stay the same, the desire to maintain, wins the day. And so churches today are often more monuments to the past rather than people on the cutting edge with God. And my, my passion for Jubilee is God don't ever, ever, ever let us be a monument to the past. I love the past. We look back, 15 years of history, hallelujah, praise God, it's wonderful. We all love Jeremy. You, you more than us, because you, you've got the history, you planted the church, Jeremy and I. You know the story, you've all been, many of you have been part of it. Thank you. But it's the past. It's gone, we move forward. Jubilee is a local church here in Teesside. It's part of a family of churches called New Frontiers. And this group of churches was raised up as God joined the hearts of church leaders to a guy called Terry Virgo, who leads a church in Brighton, who had led a church in Brighton for many, many years. This happened late 70s, early 80s. And those few churches gathered together on the south coast decided they better have a name, so the coast that called themselves Coastlands. And it was at that point that the church I was leading in Milton Keynes got involved. But God wanted them to have a bigger vision than just serving the south coast of England. God's plan was for the nation and the nations, and so they, they felt to change their name to New Frontiers. For a while, they'd, they'd run a small Bible week down south, but after a few years, God made it plain to them that they were, that, that was far too small a thing. There were bigger plans, so they had to close that down. And then eventually, Stonely Bible Week began. And who, who, who here went to Stonely Bible Week? Who here went to all ten Stonely Bible Weeks? Uh, two of us. <laughs> it ran for ten years. I went to all of them. They were hugely successful and very formative in my life and experience. They often attracted crowds of over 20,000 people, initially over one week and then over two. I have such fun memories. But then at its height, we're just at the peak of it, Terry and his leadership team heard God telling them to close it down. And there was uproar. People were furious. Why are you closing something that's so successful? Why are you shutting this thing down? I remember Terry standing up. And he said, because God said to me, you're a movement on a mission, not a conference. You're a movement on a mission, not a conference. You don't serve conferences. You're a people on a mission with God. And you go with him. So they closed it down. A little while later, they started New Day, gathering thousands of young people for a week with Jesus each summer, that is still running and will continue, guess what, until God says, stop. When Stonely closed down, eventually more regional long weekend church events started. And the Brighton Leaders Conference became an annual event in the summer. 
Jeremy Simpkins came here start, and, and, and then eventually started what we know as North in the field. How many people have been to North? Hallelujah. And we've always been involved as a church because Jeremy was leading the church. This year was the North last year. Ah, finish. Some people have grumbled. Some people have cheered, but some people have grumbled. <laughs> it's time to move on again. It's momentum. It's on in the purposes of God. We're on the adventure of following Jesus. I used to sing a little song as a boy, following Jesus ever day by day. Nothing can harm me while he leads the way. It doesn't mean I won't have trouble, but keep on the front foot with him. About six years ago, maybe a bit more, Mark Driscoll from America came to the Brighton Leaders Conference. I remember it so well. It was great. He, he put the cat amongst the pigeons. I don't know how that translates. Caused a stir. <laughs> he publicly challenged New Frontiers as a movement as to its future leadership. And he was asking, who's the guy to take over from Terry Virgo? Terry was... 68, 67, 68 at that time. And we all love Terry, and he's like the father of the movement, and we're moving, you know, it's great. And he says, this is fine, so, and? And? And clearly there was no thought of and, because everybody didn't know. It was, a, it was a time of, right? And so Terry and the team started to pray and ask God. And, and I remember praying, we encouraged us all to pray and ask God, and who's going to take on the leadership of New Frontiers. God was saying it's time to move on. But God had a different plan. And I love this. What happened a couple of years after Driscoll came, the Bible week came when about 30 couples were prayed for at the front at the Bible week and sent out. 30 guys were appointed as apostles all over the world. There wasn't going to be one leader anymore. Now there was 30. And these guys had to go and build their own apostolic teams and dream their own dreams. And in the UK, five guys were recognized as apostles. Jeremy Simpkins being one of them. Each one of these guys now has their own core team and their own group of churches who have joined to them. Now this development has caused all sorts of complaint. Funny that, how we struggle with change. Leaders who've been joined to Terry Virgo for years and years have really struggled. I, I, I've got to say, that's so difficult. He's like our father. I, I was following a guy. This guy I was joined heart to heart with in the purposes of God. People, including me, and many leaders in this, in this country, liked things the way they were. How many, how many people like things to stay the way they are? Yeah, you see, we, we intrinsically want to be Settlers, I like it like this. Don't disturb me, please. 
We felt safe with Terry. But the problem is, when Jesus says it's time to move on, we've got two choices. Either, either we say no, and we play it safe, and God says, well, okay, that's not my best. I still love you and care for you. But what eventually happens is a few years, five years, ten years down the line, you've become a bit of a monument to history. Because if, if you don't move forward with God, you move backwards. Not because you move backwards, but everything else moves on and you're part of history. That's how it works. Or we can say, yes, Lord. Whatever you want, we will do it. We will embrace the challenge of a new adventure with God and risk all the feelings that come with, with being unsettled for a season. You know those feelings you don't like? I'm unsettled. Change unsettles us, but it's a great thing. These, group, these church groupings are all st- still part of the New Frontiers family of churches all over the world. But now there's room for them to grow and develop and multiply. Jeremy's group of churches is called Christ Central Churches. And we here at Jubilee are part of that. I have the privilege of being part of Jeremy's wider apostolic team. Whatever that means. Just after I came here nearly four years ago, um, when these five groupings were forming, David Devnish, who's a good friend of mine, phoned me up and he said, I, I was just thinking about starting what is now the Catalyst Group of Churches, and he asked me if I'd join him as he set it up. I'd only arrived here, and he's asked me if I'd be part of that. And I went to see him, Gene and I went to see him, we sat in David Devnish's garden, drinking tea and eating cake and chatting. I thought, well, I... I I don't know. I need to find out from God what he wants, and I prayed a great deal. But then God spoke really, really clearly to me, which is another story, but he spoke really clearly to me that I was to be joined to Jeremy. And I am. Utterly, totally, and completely. Not because he's perfect, because this is what God's doing and this is what God said. Why am I telling you all of this today? Because God wants Jubilee always to be a church of pioneers. We're to be a church of pioneers. That's in our DNA. That's who we are. And we must never, ever, ever become settlers. If you want a nice little church that never changes, you want to go to it every Sunday for your warm fuzzy. Enjoy the presence. That's not. No, that's fine. I'm not despising enjoying the presence of God, but if you want the same, then this isn't the church for you. We're a people on a mission. We're a people on the move. As long as I've got breath, we will never be settlers. Ever since I came, I came here, I've, I've sought to look at the prophetic over the church and keep us pressing into the fulfillment of that. Sometimes the guys have looked at me going... What are you doing? I, thought, I don't know, but let's keep going with God. It's like this big adventure we've been on. It's been fun, hasn't it? Still is fun. Julian Adams' prophetic word that he brought in 2007 about the four wells that we're to dig out as a church has focused our planning and our strategy, and we'll, we'll continue to do so. And again, when Julian came back end of last year, the end of November, he brought a hugely significant, long prophetic word at the leaders' morning, that is shaping our praying, our thinking, and our planning. And again, it will continue to do so because we do not despise prophecy. 
We weigh it, but we don't despise it. And all the time, and always will, everything we hear and everything we do is undergirded with the words of Isaiah 61. That has meant a great deal to Jubilee since it began, and as far as I'm concerned, is the foundation upon which any church should be built. Jesus went to the synagogue and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Actually, we can turn it around now and say it's this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Because he's anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He sent us to, to, bind, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's our mission. That's our calling. We're a people on a mission who dare not settle. We are moving on in the purposes of God. We must always do that. So what does that mean for Jubilee right now? So I'm going to go through some stuff. Okay, the first one is eldership. You see the headings, they'll come through. The elders are are very much of the mind that we should recognize Sarush as an elder of Jubilee. Some of you may well be saying about time, but, but you just don't rush. It's not, you see, all we're doing is recognizing what is. You don't appoint to a role. You recognize that the role's already being fulfilled. It's my understanding of eldership recognition. I share that with you for your feedback. We value feedback. The elders would love to hear what you have to say about that. But I don't have the slightest doubt this is right in God. And we would anticipate uh, Sarush being prayed into eldership around next March time. Also, let's talk about Raj. Could stand him up, couldn't we? No, we won't. Uh, Let's talk about Raj. This is a big deal. Raj is reducing his hours of work as a doctor down to two days a week as from next summer, so he can give much more time to Jubilee. Hallelujah. It's a big deal. We talk about Simon. He stays. He's... He just became an elder in April. He stays. Simon and Jody, here. Great. Wonderful. Just great to have him on board full time. How about me? (laughs) I'm 65 next summer. So, yes. Well, let me finish. Or let me continue. I'm 65 next summer, but I have no plans to retire. All right. Actually, the, the very first time I met Julian Adams, around 2005, I was, I was in a guy called Tony Thompson's uh, office in Luton. And um, there's this guy sitting in the corner, and there was about six of us. And then Julian sort of kicked into his prophetic mode. I had no idea who he was or what he was doing. And he turns to me and he said, 
God says to you, retirement is never an option. You will never retire. Thanks. (laughs) However, my role will change as time goes on. And over the next while, I will be trying to create space for Simon and Raj to take up more day-to-day responsibility for Jubilee. That doesn't mean I'm abdicating anything. It just means I'm creating more space for me because I need to have more time uh, for things regionally and internationally. Uh, beyond me, but leaders seem to want to travel from different parts of the UK and the nations to spend time with me. And uh, they just seem to want to come and sit there, drink coffee. Hallelujah. I can eat cake as well. Yeah, yeah, I think. You know, uh, but I need to have time to do that. Also, when Julian was here, he prophesied that I should start writing books to leave a legacy for the future, and that's going to take time. Uh, my brother uh, has. He was here last Sunday, and his wife were here for a fortnight, looking at writing a book together. We produced some material, um, but I, I, I'm on a journey with that. Uh, but I have to hear what God says. Too many people are telling me I should write, although I think I'm an engineer, so I need God's help. Um, we're on a journey with all of this. Please, no, I'm not leaving or deserting Jubilee. I'm remaining very much part of the eldership alongside Simon, Raj, and Sarush until God says otherwise. It's an adventure of faith. It's about moving forward. It's it's not... Do you understand where I'm coming from? It's like feeling our way in God. We we lead the church together. We, we, we're the, we, we, just, where's God taking us? Raj is off to... I should have said this. He's off... When do you go? Tuesday? Monday? Tuesday. Raj is off to Canada on a ministry trip for 10 days on Tuesday. Do pray for him while he's away. And pray for Charlotte and the children. But it's a big adventure. And I love adventure. Oddly enough, I'm not a hero, but I like these sort of adventures in God. Then there'll be a... a, 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 What about nations? What's Jubilee got to do with nations? Well, we serve nations here. But our involvement in other nations will continue to grow, particularly Turkey. Interestingly, I hadn't um, heard any, from anyone in Turkey for a few months, and then just over a week ago, I had, a Skype, I had Skype phone calls uh, from both Izmir and Yalova independently from leaders there on the same day. I was quite surprised. These two places, Izmir and Yalova, are the two places that Jean and I and Sarush and Mavash visited last April. The, the church in, in Yalova... Uh, just doing so well and growing a great deal. Andy and Jill Ball are planning uh, to move out to live in Yalava around next May time. Um, they're going to need lots of prayer and lots of support and lots of encouragement. But that's exciting. And they're going there to serve a growing Iranian community. That's brilliant. The church actually there now has three services every Sunday. Okay? Uh, they have the Turkish speakers gather in the morning, then they have the Iranians gather in the afternoon, and then they have the Iraqis gather in the evening. And they, they do that because they haven't got enough space in their, in their building. They just haven't got, they can't get everybody in. And it's a, it's a real challenge because they're not three churches, they are one church, joined together with a common leadership, and yet having to meet in three different groupings just, so, just to make it work. It's a huge challenge, and uh, they would value our prayers. And so we'll see how Turkey opens up. But I do know the, particularly the Iranian connection into Turkey. Uh, I do believe Turkey is a gateway back into Iran. And 
we just see what God's doing, great things there. And then Tanzania and other African nations. Um, There's a a huge work to do in supporting church planting and business set up in Tanzania. It's not a little one. I've said to God many times, God, either, either we can do this wholeheartedly in Tanzania or we don't do it at all. Playing around with it, a little bit of help just makes things worse. To really make a difference in Tanzania, I have to be wholehearted. And uh, I find it a challenge, if I'm honest. But I'm committed to it, because God said so. Looks like there's going to be a a leaders' conference in Zambia next August, which Jeremy uh, is keen for Gene and I to be at. And when that finishes, the plan would be for us to travel across the border and visit churches in Tanzania. The end of North this year, Jeremy came to me and said, I, I think your role in Africa has only just begun. There's loads more to come. And I thought, oh, I'm suddenly, suddenly starting to feel my age. Why can't I go to Canada? <laughs> you know, I'll swap you the toilets either any day. Why? Why? Because why? God said, it's fine. We're fine. We can't pick and choose. We go with God. And that's the nations, and I, I'm sure that uh, particularly African nations will open up for us more and more, but we just go with God, see where he leads us. Then more locally, those of you who are at North this year will remember that Ginny from Sheffield prophesied about a number of places in the UK that God had put on her heart, those places where he wanted, particularly wanted to move. Do you remember that moment? How many of you were actually at the meeting and not back in your tent? Oh, some of you were at the meeting. Praise the Lord. You remember it vividly or not. However, she read out, just had this list of names. And two of those names, one was Gisborough, and one was Redcar. And I thought, ooh, better pay attention to this then. Ties in very much with one of the things that Julian prophesied last November when he was with us. And let me read it to you. Julian prophesied this. He said, I, I feel God says to you that it's going to, be, going to begin to be satellite groups that are going to begin to be released into the towns and villages around the area with an epicenter in Teesside. And it will, it will be released up and down the coast into the inland, into the little villages that will have groups of 20, 30, 40 people who are connected to this epicenter. Because I want... I want to get a net that will reach far wider than you've ever anticipated before. And I feel like God says there's going to be significant farmers and significant strategic land workers who are going to join these little communities in the middle of nowhere. He's going to resource and release a funding that will touch many different nations. So you are to get ready. It's going to be like a net going to be like a net thrown across this region and across this conurbation and, and at every joining of the net every place where there's a knot in the net there will be a community as I read this as I was preparing uh, on Friday and, and I too, Jean doesn't know I, I didn't know Jean had anything to share this morning um, I was remembering when Jonathan Candle was here and it was, it was just so great and so different and, and you know, distorted and Loud and African and wonderful, full of faith. His word to us was, this is a time of preparation. Prepare, get ready. Are you ready? Do you remember? Are you prepared? Do you remember that? I thought, oh, that ties in. 
We are to get ready, Julian prophesied. When I heard about Gisborough and Redcar, something started buzzing in my spirit. I think God's up to something and he wants us to catch up. I can see a, I can see a growing number of a growing number of Christian communities and local churches joining together as part of this net, and it will come about as leaders are joined together. Watch this space on this, but as part of this, Hartlepool, this prophetic word about the net was, I think, the catalyst that started us having a rethink about Hope Church Hartlepool. Hope Church was planted out from us quite a few years ago, but it struggled with being isolated and under-resourced. And it became clear this year that, that God was stirring things up. And I've, I've spent quite a bit of time with John and, and Neil, who are the elders of the church, and the outcome of our deliberations are these. Hope Church Hartlepool will continue, but will work much more closely with Jubilee. For the next season, Hope Church, the Hope Church folk will meet with us three Sunday mornings out of four. And they're here this morning, and you're all very, very welcome. And I don't want you to feel like visitors. I want you to feel very much part of us. You meet with us three Sundays out of four. On the fourth Sunday, which will usually be the first Sunday of the month, they will have their own meeting in Hartlepool. And they will also have their midweek group meetings in Hartlepool. And then I'm also going to go over and meet with the Hartlepool folk from time to time. We've got to work together. It's all right. We talk about planting churches, but what we do often is get a little group of people, call them a church, and then leave them to it. And I, I just do not see that as a biblical pattern, pattern or mandate. We work together. And so we're doing that. And then mask. or I, I, I mean, it should be mask. Shouldn't it be mask? <laughs> right? Now, you see, down south... They call a mask a mask. Here we've got a place called mask that we call a mask. I just think that's really strange. Just weird. However, that's the English language for you in different regions. About ten days after North, bearing in mind Ginny's prophecy about Red Car and, and Gisborough, Ten days after North, I had a phone call from a guy called Roy Crocker. Uh, he's a retired Baptist minister and Jill Sinaguglia's dad. Those of you who know Jill, uh, they're, they're part of the Darlington Church now. Um, he, he told me of a church in Mask that's looking for the way forward, and they were wondering if looking in the direction of New Frontiers might be the answer. Interestingly, Mask is somewhere between Redcar and Gisborough. Uh, so Simon and I uh, went over couple of weeks ago, uh, about 10 days ago, and had a meeting with their leadership. Um, and there were, it was an interesting time. Simon came away from that saying, I've never been in a meeting like that before. It was like we were on in being interrogated. It was fascinating. Um, but that's okay. And uh, they, they seemed very positive. Uh, we're on an exploration exercise, and I'm uh, arranging to go over there and preach early December uh, one Sunday morning and then have a, a meal with the, the, the 20 or 30 people who are there just see where they're at and who they are and, and we're on a bit of a journey but the reason we're doing that because it's right in line with the prophetic that you've, you've got, that's what the prophetic does it directs where you put your energy and so we're doing that do I know how it'll work? No I don't it, it may be right, it may be not but the principle is right and uh, I believe more and more groupings of people 
will get joined to us, either directly joined to us, like multi-site type thing, or, or joined to us relationally in a way where we can serve them and see churches of all sorts of labels joined together across the different communities, right across o- over the Northeast. I, I just see it. I, I can't explain it. It's, it's, it's kind of buzzing in my spirit. frightens me a bit. But then if God's doing it, we, we better get in line. You know, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And he's been speaking to me about that, and it's, it's time for us to only do what we see God doing and not waste our time doing what we fancy. We get in like, what's God doing? Well, let's put our energy there because there's more chance of success, isn't there? Rather than bashing our head thinking, we're going to do this. We're in line with God. That's what prophecy is. It's about shaping, directing the church's efforts, and we're giving ourselves to that. So we as Jubilee Church are on this adventure of faith, pressing into all God has for us. We are not settlers, and we're not going to settle. Okay? I hope you, find, I hope you get disturbed by that. Right? Because it's good to be disturbed. Okay? And if you get disturbed, don't blame me. Tell God. And, and if you're grumpy with God, by the way, don't hold grudges against God, because actually, he's God and you're not. He never makes mistakes. He never does anything wrong. So don't hold a grudge against God. Get right with him. It's called repentance, saying sorry and praising his name. And if this morning you're not a Christian, you, you, you might enjoy it here, but the only way you get right with God is through Jesus Christ. You can't be right with God because you sing the songs. You can't be right with God because you're here. You get right with God because you'll put your trust in Jesus Christ and what he did. And you repent of your sin and you make him Lord of your life. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's the gospel we're proclaiming. That's what we're about as a people. We're taking this gospel outwards and onwards to the nations and beyond, serving whatever God is doing. Now, four more things before we brief things before we break bread together. Buildings. As you know, there's a building in the middle of Middlesbrough. You remember, I've shown you Jean's little drawing of it and all that. And that's great, but it's a, it's a challenge. The work of exploring that is continuing. There's people talking to people about doing things and getting valuations and looking at what's possible. But we find that other buildings could be potentially coming our way also. So we're praying hard. But let me read to you some more of what Julian prophesied last November. He says, I feel God wants to say to you, in the next six to eight months, there's going to be favor around buildings. That's six to eight months is about now. And he goes on a little later, I see buildings opening up. Sorry, I see buildings open up. I see significant places opening up for you. But it's almost like you're going to have to begin to think like promised land people. There was, where there was a mentality change as they came into the promised land. In the promised land, there was more than enough. So they could think like they would, so they couldn't think like they would just have enough for tomorrow or today. They had to think with a more than enough mentality. And I believe God wants to bring you into a more than enough mentality. Where there's been restriction around budget, where there's been restriction around finance, God's going to say to you, today, sons and daughters, I want you to think with the eye of faith again. I want you to propel and move into a place of radical faith, for I'm going to use you very significantly and shift the atmosphere around the poor and the broken. And financially, I'm going to use you to shift the atmosphere to be able to display what it's like to be a kingdom people and for you to get ready for that in this season. For me, this ties in with Andy Merrick's word. 
right back at the end of 2010, that God was calling us to break the spirit of poverty in Teesside. There's a call on us to change our thinking, to become a more than enough people, not just in our thinking, but actually seeing more than enough, as the more than enough of the kingdom comes in. More than enough to see with the eyes of faith, trusting in the abundance of his kingdom rather than keeping looking at the, the little that the cash-strapped T-site have. We look around and think, well, what can we do? We, 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 we're living in a poor area and we're not that rich. It's not as though we're, we're, we're you know, we, we just aren't that sort of people. But we need to understand, no, no, when they went into the promised land, there was more than enough. And God says, you're a promised land, people, and I want, I'm taking you into, uh, to, to an, on a new adventure. And it will require you to have, as a people, a more than enough mentality. I believe with all my heart God wants that this worked out at a personal level as well as a corporate one. There's no lack in God's kingdom and I think God wants to bless us personally and his families financially because he wants to trust us with more and more money. But also corporately, I believe God wants to pour millions and millions of pounds into Jubilee Church Teesside. Not that we may sit on it, but that we may be a, a source, a catalyst, a place in the, in the whole of Teesside, where the poor and the needy can find help and support, and where we can demonstrate the, the values and the provision of a different kingdom. Then generosity. I see, how's all that worked out? It's worked out when we do this by worshipping God with our money in a biblical way. By bringing our whole tithe into the local church as we worship God with our money. By bringing and giving our gifts, just as the boy gave his five loaves of fish uh, and two fish to Jesus. God wants us to be a hugely generous people. I, I mean hugely generous. He wants us to be a hugely generous church, giving away increased amounts of money. We began this adventure. I didn't know how big an adventure this was, but we began this adventure at the end of my first year again. Do you remember Andy Merrick prophesied about us? God wants you to take up an offering, give it away. And we began the adventure. We, we took up an offering. And with the tax back on the offering, we got £40,000. And we gave away every penny of it. And God blessed us and God provided. Well, I believe God says, the adventure's just begun. How generous dare you be. And so he's challenging us. How generous dare you be. God has more than enough for all he's asking us to do. The most important thing over the next little while is to pray. What Jesus did, he, what did he do? Jesus, the Son of God, full of the Holy Spirit, he goes off on his own to pray. Prayer, prayer, prayer undergirded everything Jesus did. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we? And so we need to give ourselves more and more to pray corporately in our monthly prayer meeting, in our prayer meetings, in our prayer teams, in our community groups, and on our own. And on our own. I apologize I wasn't at the prayer meeting last week. My brother and sister-in-law were here. It was rather awkward, otherwise we would have been here. But the principle of prayer is this. Some people have suggested we have a weekly prayer meeting. Maybe we will get one eventually, but just let's concentrate on what we have right now. Let's give ourselves to our monthly prayer meeting. Let's give ourselves to prayer teams. And if you're not in a prayer team, form one. You're free. 
to meet regularly and to pray. Pray in your community groups and any smaller groups that are spawning off from your community groups and pray on your own. Because God wants us to have a more than enough mentality and to step into all of this. And the final point is this, as we break bread together, undergirding all of it, really, be Psalm 131, where the brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. There God commands the blessing. No unity, no blessing. Very simple. Have all the plans in the world. Have all the prophecy in the world, but if there's no unity, there's no blessing. I believe we are a united people. Believe it with all my heart. There's no room for, for, for factions and different pullings. We're together on a mission. And unity as we work together and love one another, and give ourselves to this, so God will command blessing upon us. Are you up for this? I'm just going to get a bit of bread and wine just a moment. I thought the ideal way of finishing this morning was to break bread together because we're all part of this. Those of you who are born again and part of Jubilee, we're part of this. We're joined to one another for this purpose. That's which I've shared today. That we're together for this purpose. What I've shared is what we do, who we're about as Jubilee Church Teesside. We're, we're not a, just a nice Sunday meeting. I'm um, passionate about Sunday meetings. I'm passionate about being together in the presence of God, all of that. But we're a people on a mission. And so as we take bread and wine today, we're, we're committing ourselves once again to Jesus. That's the author and perfecter of our faith as our saviour. But we're also committing ourselves to one another, recognising the body, saying thank you, Lord, for making us part of this church. Are we up for that? Lord, I, I ask your blessing upon this bread and, and this grape juice as we drink it. Lord, we, we thank you for where you've led us so far. But Lord, I pray, keep taking us on adventures with you. Lord, I, I pray you will surprise us with an abundance of provision. I pray you'll surprise us with an abundance of buildings that we can use for your glory, providing homes for Christian charities and all sorts of possibilities, training bases for people from all over the world. 101 things we can do. Lord, I, I, I thank you that this is what you're saying to us. Lord, I pray for those communities that are yet to join us right across as, 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 as uh, parts of the net, as knots in the net. Lord, I, I pray, I, I pray, send them in. I pray for, 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 for Hope Church Hartlepool, Lord. Thank you for it. I pray you will knit them to us, knit us to one another, but not to go backwards, but to move forwards in your purposes, to, to see growth and multiplication and blessing in Hartlepool and all the areas surrounding. And Lord, this, this, this church in Mask, Lord, we, we just put it in your hands and say, only your will be done. We want, we want to be doing what you're doing, Lord. So we thank you. We thank you for the way you're leading us. We say, God, we're up for more. And Lord, if we're feeling settled, would you just give us a hug? If we're feeling unsettled, give us a hug. If we're feeling a bit troubled, give us a hug. Because we're safe with you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Okay, there's uh, bread and wine over there if you'd like to get up. Can I encourage you not to sit in little holy huddles, but to go and share it with one another and to bless one another and to pray for one another. Okay? Thank you. I'm done. And we'll break bread. Uh, and I think then we'll, we'll, just, we'll just stop. We'll not come back together. We'll just stop. Is that all right?
bless you. Thank you.